0: I'm excited about the Vanguard track. It's going to be an amazing opportunity for so many young people. And uh, we've uh, we've planned for it. We've, we've had multiple meetings behind the scenes to get it going. And uh, just because of the circumstances of our summer and everything, we couldn't really launch it as we wanted to. But I think we're on track now. So if you're interested, please see Pastor Porter, Pastor Vanessa. Let's get you hooked up. Amen. Hallelujah. I just saw Janae walk in. Janae, we're praying for you. Janae lost her mother on Friday. Ironically enough, it wasn't due to COVID. She just had a heart attack in the midst of all that. And uh, but Jernae has stood over her mom praying, and many people in this house and on our prayer chain have been praying. Uh, her mother, Miss Gloria Shannon, was an incredible, incredible intercessor, incredible prayer warrior. And uh, I remember when her and Tab first came here. Miss Tabitha Jeffrey's mom. When they first came to New Harvest just so made an impression on Karen and I that I just thought, man, I love these people to the bone. I mean, these are just really good people. So, Janae, for you and your brothers and the extended family, we're going to be praying for you, but we know where your mother is, and she joins that great cloud of witnesses that's cheering every one of us on, everybody who had a part in her life has been blessed by the legacy that she's left. So, we love you today. It's good to see you today. Amen. Hallelujah well are you ready for the word today? Hallelujah um, I got several things I'm working on the uh, I guess I need to make mention of this I know the hour's getting late so I, I'll hurry but the uh, we have our advanced to calls offering coming up it's only a couple weeks away and uh, that's going to be our first offering and what we've been believing for now we started this like in June and uh, we're believing for 120 families, 120 given units, on that day to give $1,185. That would have been, if you'd have been preparing and planning since June when we announced it, that would have been about $74 a week is what that would have came out to. And come September the 12th, you would have had that money ready to give. And so we've been planning that and preparing that. Many of you have already started giving. We've got nearly probably nearly $12,000 that have come in, and we've already sent that to the bank. We've already sent that over, and so many of you have been doing that, and thank you for just giving ahead of time, and so we're just keeping track of that, but we just believe we're we're in a 20-month campaign. That's what we're in. By the end of 2022, everything everything on this property will be completely paid for. Amen. Amen. Everything. Everything. School buildings, all that. Everything's going to be paid for. And then uh, I'm already, I've been in the bank, I've been working with the bank twice in the last couple of weeks, talking to them about our new building that we want to build. And we're already hitting them up. Like, y'all need to get ready because we're coming. We're coming. We're going to build a new facility, amen. So, so they're, they're getting prepared, they're working with us. I've already been working with our architects and our engineers. Uh, we're getting the, the base layer of everything done to our schematic drawings that we've already started. So by the time we get to the end of 2022, we're going to start working with permits, even now before we get there. So by the time we get to the end of 2022, maybe January 2023, boom, we start pushing dirt. Amen. Amen. Thank all three of you for your overwhelming excitement. I'm telling you. It's going to happen. It's going to happen in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. Grab your Bibles, if you would, please. Uh, go with me to Acts. Good to see uh, Jeffrey and Khadidra there. They got married last weekend. they standing right there. God bless you guys. And I don't see, is Noah here? Is Noah there? I don't see Noah. I know Noah and Trisha got married uh, last month, and I, I mentioned it, but I don't think they were here when I mentioned it, so they're married. And uh, Titus and Carly, they're getting married this coming weekend, so we just congratulate you guys. I'm excited about all that. Clyde and Shannon cleaning house, they're getting everybody out. Get on up out of here. Get on with your life. <laughs> Hallelujah. You got an army full of boys. Titus said, uh, not Titus, uh, uh, Clyde told me, he said, the, the greatest movement of faith in my life came when I started having boys. I had to start believing God for groceries. <laughs> I can attest to that. I believe that. Amen. All right. Go with me to Acts chapter 3, and uh, I want to, man, I don't know if you were here on Tuesday night for our corporate prayer time, but I got into a vein praying on Tuesday night, and something just got all over me from a particular portion of scripture, and uh, it it falls in line with our theme that we started last week, and I just want to kind of stay in that theme, but I want to go to this verse today and uh, just work on it a little bit. Are you ready? Acts chapter 3, verse number 1 says, now, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the ninth hour, the hour of prayer. And a man who had been lame from his mother's womb was being carried along, whom they used to sit down at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, in order to beg alms of those who were entering the temple. And when he saw Peter and John about to go into the temple, he began asking to receive alms. But Peter, along with John, fixed his gaze on him and said, look at us. And he he began to give them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I do not possess silver and gold, but what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, walk. And seizing him by the right hand and raised him up, and immediately his feet and his ankles were strengthened. And with a leap, he stood up. He stood upright, and he began to walk, and he entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God, and they were taking note of him as the one who who they used to sit at the beautiful gate of the temple to beg alms. And they were all filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Now look with me in chapter 4 of Acts. Just a couple verses here, verse number seven. Peter and John gets arrested on the next day, and then they were in prison that day, and then the following day, the scribes and the Pharisees and all that religious bunch came and got them, the rulers and the elders, and I wanna pick it up in verse number seven. And when they had placed them in the center, they began to inquire, by what power or in what name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we were on trial today for a benefit done to a sick man as to how this man has been made well, let it be made known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by this name, this man stands here before you in good health. Now, I want to draw your attention back to verse number seven, and this is where we're going to go. And when they place them in the center, they begin to inquire, by what power or in what name have you done this? I shared with you last week the message or or theme that we've been working with. I titled it, I Hear Something More. I hear something more. I believe there is a strategic call coming out of the body of Christ saying, There's got to be more. There's got to be more to what we know of God, that what God can do, to what we have experienced thus far. I just want to say there's got to be more power. There's got to be more anointing. There's got to be more deliverance. Come on, talk to me. There's got to be more miracles. There's got to be more healings. There's got to be more breakthroughs. I hear something... More, Come on, push on about three people around you and tell them, tell them that I hear something in my spirit. I just hear something in my spirit. I just hear it. I just hear it in my spirit. I want to pray for you. Father, this morning I thank you for the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we're crying out even as we sung in the last song. The closer you get, the louder we become. Father, we're crying out for something more today. Father, I thank you today. Holy Spirit, you're the preacher, the teacher, you're the revelator, you're the communicator. Holy Spirit, you're the revealer of all truth. Thank you today for what you're going to do in this place. Lord, I take authority over every distracting spirit now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I come against every lethargic mind, every lethargic body today. Rise up now. Here it is. Hear what the word of the Lord has to say. Lord, we thank you for what you're going to do in this place in advance. And we give you all the glory, the honor, and the praise now. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody together said amen. Amen, amen. amen. God bless you this morning. You can be seated. I want to just walk you back just a little bit of something that I've shared here probably numerous times at this church. But I want to make sure that the foundation is laid right because of what I want to release over your your life today in this house. I believe this is going to be paramount to catch it to where God has taken us. How many of you realize today that when you were born, uh, you were born into a social order that had certain functions to it? You were born into a system that had certain functions in that system, and those systems that we were born into naturally began to produce in us a certain way in how we process things. That system that we've been raised around, indoctrinated by, has produced in us how we think about things. Built within every system is a way of thinking. There are mentalities in that system. There are ideologies in that system. There are mindsets and schools of thought in that system in which you were born into that has produced a certain level in your thinking. We were born into a system. This world has a system. This planet has a system. And when we were born, before we became born again, we were indoctrinated to that system, that way of thinking, that way of process. And growing up, Until you became born again in that system, you became acclimated or you became culturalized or you became conditioned to that order or that way of thinking. And it affects how you manage everything. It affects how you look at life. It affects how you handle problems, how you deal with difficulties and disagreements the order or that system that we were born into, that school of thought or that school of thinking, it, it begins to manifest in our life and then it begins to predict whatever level you live on. Behavior is predictable based on how you believe. Where's all my amens right there? You, you, you can tell behavior, the root of it, based on how somebody believes. Because the way you believe is the way you behave. If you want to change the behavior of something, you have to change the belief of something. If you want to, like in our society, in our culture, lawlessness, if you want to change lawlessness, the behavior, you have to change the way somebody thinks about a thing. Because if you don't change the way you believe something then you're always going to believe or behave according to the system, the structure, the order that you've been raised in. And it could be good or bad, but it's still a system. It's still a structure, and it still has order. Because wherever the mind goes, the life follows. It's quiet in this presbycostal church. When it comes to advancing And progressing forward, you got to learn how to go head first. If you can't get your head around it, you can't get your life through it. And it doesn't matter how you feel about it. It doesn't matter how trapped you are or how stuck you are. If you can't get your head around it, you won't get your life through it. You will live your life on the level of the way you think. The way you think is how you are. And too many people, in my opinion, in the body of Christ, have relegated the glory of God and the power of God to a worldly system because we can't get our mind around the things of God because the glory of God can be abstract. Sometimes it can be hard to define. It can be hard to articulate, but the one thing about the glory of God, the manifested presence of God, you know when it's there. And if God ever shows up one time, you will become addicted for life. If God's presence ever really touches your life, everything in your life will change in a moment. Everything in your life will change in an instant. I am convinced today That one of the reasons why the American church lives in struggle is because we have a form of godliness, but we don't know its power. We we have an ascending mental ascent to the things of God in a sense that we know what God can do, we know how powerful God is, but we don't wrap our mind around the things of God. To the point that we allow it to change our life to become something different and something more powerful, something more progressive in our movements with God, and therefore we relegate the things of God to a theory. Yeah. How many ever had to pray and just cross your fingers and say, Lord, I hope it works? How many know that that is the wrong kind of prayer? When you stand and you pray, you don't have time to cross your fingers, stick a needle in your eye, step on the crack, break your mama's back. You ain't got time for no kind of superstitious kind of stuff. When you pray, you got to be able to stand in the authority of the arena of God's power and say, by today when I pray, heaven hears my prayer and heaven responds to the voice of my prayer. Push on somebody and tell them there's got to be more. There's got to be more. So, and it doesn't matter now. Now, you you can be depressed, you can be upset, you can be whatever, and it doesn't matter. If you don't get your head around it, you won't get your life through it. The dominant patterns of your thoughts, the dominant patterns of your thinking will eventually determine the levels of life that you live on. Proverbs 23, 7 says it best, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So, you are the sum product of your thoughts. You are living out what you think about the most. If you think, well, it's never going to get any better. Well, guess what? It's never going to get any better in your world. Well, my marriage is never going to get my marriage is never going to work out. Well, guess what? Your marriage is not ever going to work out. Well, I don't guess I'm ever going to have anything. Well, guess what? You're never going to have anything because you can't just hope something away. You got to come to the place in your mind where you begin to believe the things of God are true, the things of God are powerful, and the things of God can move me forward in life. This will be on the screen for you. Being born again does not equate a renewed mind. Being born again, just because you accepted Jesus Christ in your heart, doesn't mean your mind's been renewed. Uh, your spirit has been renewed. Your spirit has been what the Bible calls regenerated. We, we like to say the word born again. Your spirit has been born again, but not your mind. Your spirit can be living at a brand new address, yet your mind is still found at an old address. One of the greatest disappointments in life is God moves you to a new address and you came hanging out at the old address. A redeemed spirit will give you eternal life, but a renewed mind will give you a godly life. Come on, push on somebody and tell them there's got to be more. See, by the Spirit of God, our hearts are changed. God does that for us. You can't change your heart. Only God can change your heart. You have to accept it by faith that he can do it. So by the Spirit of God, our hearts are changed. Here's where we're about to buckle down. But by the Word of God, my mind is changed. And if you don't begin to put some stock in the word of God, I'm telling you, we're living in a day. Just just look around us. My wife was praying for, there's so many people that are affected by COVID and and, and all this uh, respiratory stuff that's going on and the, the Delta variant and whatever. I mean, it's all this stuff that's going on and and we know it's real. We know it's there. We know it's attacking. And it's And how many know that COVID don't have a zip code? COVID will attack the poorest beggar, and it will attack the billionaire. It don't care. It just attacks. But what happens in the church, if you don't get your mind renewed by the word of God, you'll start accepting whatever the devil is trying to throw at you. You'll start accepting. Watch me now. I'm going to try to help somebody up in here, and I'm going to just probably sit on some toes in my process here. But you got to start accepting the fact that God is your healer. And he is a healer. He has healed. He is healing, and he will be healing. Huh? And, and, and what happens is in the church, we take the defeat of a, of a structure or an order As that's the way it is, because we read the statistics. And then it begins to mess with our psyche. It begins to mess with the way we think about a thing. And the next thing you know, we're relegating the power of God to a stat. We're relegating the power of God to some news headline that we've heard, or listened to, or read. When I'm trying to tell you today, you got to get to that place in your life. Where the word of God is not optional. Because if you want to get a renewed mind, you can't just come to church and sing hallelujah, thank you Jesus. If you want to get a renewed mind, you're going to have to open up your Bible every single day of your life. And you're going to have to find it in the scripture. And you're going to have to challenge your thought process. And you're going to have to work the word of God into your mind until your mind begins to get renewed. And your mind begins to line up with your spirit that's already been born again with your spirit that's already healed, with your spirit where everything has already been provided. If not, then your spirit will be living at another address, but your mind will keep you locked down in a place of defeat. Push on somebody and tell them there's got to be more. If we're not careful, we get so, I'm going to preach in a minute, just hang out with me, all right? If we're not careful, we get so indoctrinated into a pattern of thinking that we eventually get stuck in a wrong mentality and it prevents any forward progress. The man in our texts had been lame since his mother's womb. If you read on through Acts chapter 4, you find out that the man was about 40-something years old. He'd been lame since his birth. Lame. Couldn't walk. Had no forward progress, had no momentum in his life, just laying every day begging for what he thought he needed when God was trying to give him something that he wanted him to have. Many times, if we're not careful, we're asking God for what we want, and God's trying to give us what we need. You might want a new car, but maybe God's trying to work a process in something that you need versus something that you want. You might be married and say, it's time to change and exchange my husband. <laughs> no, you stuck now, baby. You, you don't get that option now. You, you should have went through counseling before then. You, you should have heard the word of the Lord before then because, well, you say, well, they the devil in disguise. Well, you better learn how to tame him. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I'm not even going to look. I'm going to keep preaching here. <laughs> when you're raised up in a system, I'm just using that word because it's easier to identify when you get caught in a pattern of thinking for so long and you never have any exposure to something that's different you start calling that system or that order normal you start saying well that's just normal how many's ever heard people say that well that's just normal well that's just life whose life and whatever here's the thing whatever you keep calling normal, you can't be delivered from. Because as long as it's normal to you, you'll never change. You just go through life and go through the motions of life and you'll just keep living out on the wrong side of God's blessings for your life. And here's what I'm trying to, because I want this church to be a powerhouse in the Glades. I want this church to be a walking miracle in the midst of craziness that's going on. I saw somewhere on Facebook, I think it was Melissa. I think she went down to the hospital yesterday. Am I right about it? Am I saying something right? I saw you just walking around there praying at the hospital. That's the kind of people, we need some people that says, hey, I'm not intimidated by what's going on in our world. I've got the power. I've got the ability to turn it around. And we got to have a church that absolutely believes that. I know what the stats are. I know what the statistics are declaring. But at the end of the day, I want to be like Peter and John. Put me down in the middle of the heresies. Put me down in the middle of the wayward people. Put me down in the middle of the religious people and let them say, by what power do you do this? And I want to look back and say to them, it's by the power of Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. Our world is crying out for something more. Our world is in desperate need of something more, and the church cannot be silent. The church cannot be safe. The church has to get a radical spirit about them and say, I ain't walking by you no more. I'm going to lift you up. I'm going to believe God over your life until the power of God hits your ankle bones and you jump up and you begin to give glory to God like nobody's business Till a revival breaks out until there's an awakening across our land. The world Needs a powerful church. The world needs it. The world needs it. So what happens is, if you don't get your mind renewed, you get to the point, you get so used to it, to the point that you start living with it. And anything that's right, anything that's healthy, We fight it because it's abnormal. Amen? And what happens is those wrong mentalities, their mindsets, it's a way of thinking, those mindsets eventually dwelled on long enough, fed long enough, cultivated long enough, becomes a stronghold. And strongholds keep us from receiving the benefits of the kingdom of God. This will be on the screen for you, I think. Guys, I'm not sure. Did I give you 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3? Yeah, there you go. For though we walk in the flesh, we don't war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but they're divinely Powerful. For the destruction of fortresses, same word for strongholds. And we are destroying speculations, thoughts, and every lofty thing raised against the knowledge of God. And we're taking every thought captive. To whose obedience? To the obedience of Christ. And we are ready to punish all disobedience. When your when your obedience is complete, now here, just let me work this out with you for a moment. The the word strongholds, just so that we got clarity here. Strongholds are not demons. Strongholds are the place of occupation. It's where the demons operate from. Strongholds are that are those arrogant, rebellious ideas and attitudes that opposes the will of God. That's what a stronghold is. It's arguments against the knowledge of God. Sort what a stronghold It's a mindset because of the culture, because of the indoctrination that we were raised in to the point we became born again. We are at war not with flesh and blood. Talk to me up in here. We're not at war with people. We're at war with our own mind. And just so you, so you know that we're tracking together, the devil is not your problem. What you think about the devil is your problem. <laughs> the devil has already been defeated. It's already happened. So, so, so it's not like we got this great big devil and this little bitty God. It's what we think about the devil that gives him license to operate. See, see, whatever you tolerate, you permit. And, and what happens is we, we get so caught up in a cultural idealism of the way we were raised or how we thought about a thing or how we practiced things, and we, and we try to merge that into the Word of God like we're going to change the Word. No, you don't change the Word. You agree with the Word. To the point that the renewed mind Begins to transform you yeah. into something different. Yeah. You you become. Well, it's, it's it's the word metamorpho in the Greek. It's, we we become metamorph. How you say it? Y'all know like, from a caterpillar to a butterfly. Yeah. Metamorphosis. Yeah. Metamorphosis. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you all my science folks in here. Help me out. I'm dying up here. It, it's it's like you go from a from from a caterpillar yeah. to a butterfly. That's what he talks about, having your mind renewed. That That's a metamorphosis that takes place in your life. Or you can just keep crawling around like a caterpillar. Or you can get some wings and fly higher than you've ever flown. Go further than you've ever been. But you've got to have your mind come through a metamorphosis where you don't think the way you came out of. You don't think the way you used to think. You don't think like the world thinks. You don't think like your crazy cousin somebody thinks. You, you don't think like Pookinanny. Talk to me up in here. You, you don't think like Bobby Joe. I mean, I, I just I hope it ain't nobody's name in here. I'm just throwing names out. You, you don't think like you're crazy somebody. You start thinking like the word of God. You start putting emphasis on the power of God's word, and you let that word begin to work in your mind until your mind begins to get renewed and your mind gets in agreement with your spirit. Yeah. I'm going to preach in a minute. I got just 10 minutes left. You're not going to get to these three powerful points today. Oh, by the way, last week, I don't even know if I mentioned that. Man, you guys blessed Karen and I so much on Pastor Appreciation Day. Oh, my Lord, we are so blessed. Thank you all for the, for the cards, the letters, the text, our, 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 our whole pastoral team that put all that together. Man, thank you guys. It just so touched our. You guys make it easy to love, I'm telling you. you just make it easy to love people. So, amen. Thank you. <laughs> now, I said all that because I don't want you to get mad about what I'm about to say. Once, (laughs) once you have developed and cultivated a wrong mentality, your life stays stuck in cycles versus being lived out in levels. And watch this now, seasons and cycles are not the same thing. Seasons and cycles are not the same thing. This will be on the screen. Seasons will change in time, but cycles change when you change. And I know people that can love God all their life and still be in the cycle. they still trapped in a hairy high school football body. Huh? You're 40 years old and you still don't know what you're going to do when you grow up. You're stuck in a cycle, a reoccurring pattern. It's a pattern in your life. It's a pattern that's not of God. And until you have your mind renewed, you can love God all you want to. You can praise God all you want to. But until you get your mind renewed into a place, into a position where your mind begins to think like God, you stay stuck in a cycle. Every season can be entered into and exited from. But cycles can only be entered and they don't ever have to be exited. Don't look at nobody around you, but, but there's some people still stuck in cycles. Can't get over what you've been struggling with for 20 years. Been married four times. Blaming it on somebody else. I told you don't look at nobody, just keep your eyes on me. Been bankrupt three times. Got them rims on that car, though. Can't pay your tithes, but buddy, you got that tattoo going. Oh, I just hit a nerve there, didn't I? Well, that one stung a little bit. Got money to do what you want, but not for what God wants with your money. there are people that just stay stuck in cycles, no forward progress. They're like the lame man at the gate called beautiful. Been there your whole life, lame, stagnant, always dysfunctional, (laughs) always drawing dysfunction into your life. You ever met anybody that was a drama queen? We got some drama kings. Huh? Huh? just always got drama going on. It's a cycle. Acting like the same way you did when you were 13. It's a cycle in your life. And time is moving, but you're not. Time is ticking, but you're staying the same. Got older, but nothing changed. Your life is still the same. Quit calling it a season. You got to call it a cycle. How many know that Jesus is the cycle breaker? I'm going to wait on a good amen right there. And when you begin to renew your mind to the capacity of God kind of thoughts, you'll never think like God if you don't ever read his word. You'll never know. Listen, how many know that the faith can only be operated in the known will of God? If you don't know what the will of God is, you can't release your faith. If you don't know healing is for you, you'll never release faith for healing. If you don't know, if you don't know that you can be saved yeah. by his blood, yeah. then you'll never release faith into that. Amen. Jesus came to break the cycles. So in order to break a cycle, you have to tear down existing strongholds okay. that have been built up into your mind yeah. that has created the way you've been thinking. Now, y'all doing all right. Cycles will break. Watch this now. Just, just a few minutes left of, of my time today. But cycles will break when you decide how far you're willing to go based on who or what you are willing to leave. That's when cycles will break. Some people can't get into a new rhythm in life because they can't break an old habit. They can't let go of something. If, if, you, if, you, ever, if you never had to leave anybody... If you never had to leave something behind, you're not in a season, you're in a cycle. Blind Bartimaeus, Mark chapter 10, he was crying out to God, crying out to Jesus. Jesus was making his way through the city, and he was crying out. All kind of voices crying out. But isn't it amazing that Jesus heard his voice in the midst of everybody else's voice? Because faith has a voice. And Bartimaeus was crying out and many around him you can read it in Mark chapter 10 many around him were telling him you need to be quiet here's what you got to understand stop allowing people into your life who cannot change the predicament of your life quit allowing voices in your head that tries to dictate your behavior when you are ready for a breakthrough I don't care if you're sitting by the president or the prime minister, Pookinani or whoever. You can lift up your voice and you can begin to cry out and your faith will catch the ears of Jesus. I'm so glad there were voices along my journey that I had to learn how to ignore. The quality of your life will be determined by the voices you choose to ignore. Amen. 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 Mark chapter 5, the woman with the issue of blood, 12 years had an issue. The Bible says she pressed her way through the crowd. Am I right about it? And she touched the hem of his garment. Jesus said, who touched me? And the disciples looked at him and said, Jesus, that's all kind of people touching you. People were enthroned around him, touching him. He said, no, somebody touched me. I felt virtue leave my body. Because how many know that? A touch can have some faith on it. And listen, when you're tired of living with that issue, when you're tired of being stranded by that issue, when you're tired of being hung up with that issue, sooner or later you're going to press through whatever obstacle you've got to press through. You're going to change your mind. You're going to change the way you think about a thing, and you're going to get to the cycle breaker. You're going to get to the one who has the ability to break the cycles in your life. Let me give you one more the woman. In, in Luke chapter 13, who was in the temple, been there for 18 years, coming to the temple to worship God for 18 years, the Bible says she was bent over double. She couldn't straighten up. And before you quick to judge her, we all have places in our lives that are not straight. And what couldn't happen in 18 years happened in 18 seconds. Because when the cycle breaker is present and your mind has moved, To a different location. Then the power of God. Is made evident. All your problems. And all your enemies. Should have an expiration date. I'm going to wait on a good amen right there. Nothing in your life should be permanent. Except God. Amen. The walls of Jericho. Had an expiration date. Goliath had an expiration date. Egypt's bondage had an expiration date. Because when you start putting your mind around the things of God, the breaker anointing shows up, and it begins to break people free. Are you with me so far? How many has got like three minutes left in you? Let me just preach it out real quick. See, that means that your mind, let me just do it this way. Your mind has to be exposed to a different kind of truth. If not, you're going to believe CNN. You're going to believe Fox, MSNBC, ABC, NBC. You're going to start believing the narrative of reporters who are not spirit-filled. They may love God and party on weekends, but they don't speak for God. Working on that little religious spirit you got right there, ain't I? (laughs) Uh, I probably shouldn't have said Fox. But they got a narrative. They got an agenda. The word of God is bigger than Fox. Huh? We got to get to the place where we don't get our theology from the news. We get our theology from the word of God. I base my life on the B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. That's the word I stand on. That's the power of God that resides on the inside of it. And the more I began to understand and discover. God's word working in my life, the less limitations I have in my life because my mind begins to get renewed. I don't have to be like that. I don't have to be like this. I don't have to carry on like that. I don't have to go through here. I don't have to go through that. God begins to deliver me from my own strongholds that were created by a system that I was indoctrinated into. And ladies and gentlemen, if the church is going to win this battle, if the church is going to have some momentum in their life, we can't be lame at the temple. We can't be lame in church. We got to have some power. We got to have the glory of God. We got to have the move of God touching every heart, touching every life. You can't stay lame with no progress all the days of your life. You can't just shun die and run die and buy you a bow tie. Sooner or later, there's got to be some deliverance. Sooner or later, there's got to be anointing that breaks every stronghold. Push on somebody and tell them there's got to be more. There's got to be more. There's got to be more. I wish I had some time, I'd preach. I'm telling you, if I had, if I had some time, I'd preach. There has to be more. And you're living, we are, we're living in a sugar-coated gospel mentality where we just think, well, God's in control. No, God is rarely in control. He has relegated the authority of the earth to his people. It's the church that has the authority to operate the power of God. It won't come through better government. It won't come through better laws and legislation, but it will come through the church. If they could cure COVID-19, they'd already cured it. If they could cure cancer, they would already cured it. But how many know? I know a cure. I know a man. I know a power that can walk into a hospital room and speak to diseases and say, get up. Get up. In the name of Jesus. We got to have some people that are radically on fire, set apart, don't care what you think about it, don't care how you feel about it. I don't care how you want to label me and put me in your own little category. Sooner or later, I can't keep living with this disease. I can't keep living in this fear. I can't keep living with no progress and no momentum in my life. Sooner or later, there's got to be a power that I cannot explain. Push on somebody and tell them there's got to be more. Let me show you this last verse. Let me show you this last verse, and I'll quit. Y'all done got me ready to preach now, now I got to quit. In the name. Look with me in Mark chapter, no, Matthew chapter 4. Don't push me, Sandra. <laughs> y'all, 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 y'all have to go. Go to get get you a lunch. Matthew chapter 4. Watch this. That's why we, as the people of God, we have to become word conscious if we're going to become world overcomers. If you're not word conscious, you're disease conscious. If you're not word conscious, you're. Marriage falling apart is conscious. Your lack of whatever is conscious. Y'all look at me like I lost my mind. I stand in the mirror and I preach to myself. And I don't care if you brought an amen with you or not. I brought my own. I got a whole pocket full. Don't make me throw them out there. I got a whole pocket full back here. Because I stand in front of my house. I get up every single day and I walk in. I walk. When I, walk when I see myself in the mirror, whew, sometimes it's a sight. I see myself in the mirror. I just start t- talking to myself, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh uh-uh. you ain't going to think like that today. Have you lost your mind? <laughs> you better not think like that today. I know it's going to sound strange b- b- to religious ears, but you know what? I sometimes tell the Lord, I ain't got time to be sick. I ain't got time to be broke. I ain't got time to be suicidal. I don't have time to be in depression. I don't even have time to be mad. I told my wife the other day, I said, life is way too short for us to be mad, so you have to get happy with me. <laughs> she said, no, you better get it right, then I'll get happy with you. <laughs> but I, you have to stand in the midst of the fires of adversity. You have to stand in the midst of the trials of your life. Look yourself in the mirror and say, ha uh-uh, uh ha uh Chuck Pelham. You ain't going to think like that today. ha uh greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I don't care if the bank won't give you the money. ha uh you got a promise. You got a promise down in your spirit. He said, I'll make you the head and not the tail. I'll bless you coming in and I'll bless you going out. You just got to walk like you got some authority. I picture this with Jesus. I mean, Peter and uh, John, there with the lame man. And, you know, the difference between them and us was they were on fire. Because just a few chapters before that, before Acts came along, Peter was trying to cut a temple guard's head off when they came to arrest Jesus. Because he thought he could defend the glory with power of his own. He went to cut the man's head off. I mean, here you're in the garden praying, and you're packing a knife. That's my kind of guy. <laughs> <Got a knife. laughs> you're packing a knife in the middle of a prayer meeting. You got a knife. <laughs> and the temple guards come to arrest Jesus, and Peter said, "Huh?" uh and he goes. Whoa! And the guy ducked, and it took his ear off. And Jesus looks at him and says, hey, Peter, put away your sword, man. This ain't what this is all about. <laughs> Put away your sword. And then Jesus reaches down. This is in your Bible. He reaches down and he picks up the man's ear and puts it back on his head. I'm just saying this is a side note. I'm just saying if a man picks up another man's ear and puts it on his head, you better leave him alone. You better know you just walked into somebody else's courtyard and you ain't got the power or the authority to deal with what's about to go down. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, listen, if if a man puts a man's ear back on his head and you still want to arrest him, you have lost your mind. Peter cutting a man's head off because he wasn't filled with power. He's trying to do it in his own might. See, when you when you got your own might, all you do is you make people not hear. When you try to just gut it through with your own power, your own strain, your own authority, your own authority, not God's authority, your own authority. You, you make people where they can't hear. But then on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Ghost came, and that 120 stumbled out of that upper room. Peter being filled with the Holy Ghost, he said, This is that. That was spoken by the prophet Joel. Joel had prophesied something hundreds of years before that. It was up in the atmosphere. It was up in the wind. It was up in the environment. And Peter caught a glimpse of what God had said hundreds of years before. He said, this is that that was spoken by the prophet Joel. And he began to release the power of God. 3,000 people got saved because when you come under the power of God, instead of turning people's ear off, people's ears are open. People's ears are open and they hear what they've never heard before. We need a church that begins to open up ears. Open up the power of the Holy Spirit in people's lives. Don't act like you can make it. Th- I'm telling you, you are fighting 21st real century demon devils, and they ain't playing They ain't playing tittles. I mean, they, they are coming at you with everything they got, and they are unleashing fury over your life, over your family, over our nation, and you're not just going to say, I just love the Lord. I'm telling you, you better get baptized in the power of the Holy Ghost. You better get an unction on the inside of you. I'm sorry if y'all think I'm screaming because I am. I feel this thing. I feel this thing. We got churches that are just going through the motions. I'm I'm not talking about eternity. I'm talking about power on earth. I know when you got born again, heaven is your home. But if you ain't going to do nothing now, God might as well take you. (laughs) I'm, I'm not talking about in the sweet by and by. I'm talking about in the nasty now and now. Yes, yes. Right now. I told Jesse, Jesse, you know what COVID's found, 90-something percent of our kids in our school don't come to church. Their parents don't come to church. Jesse and I were talking the other day. said, man, what an opportunity. What an opportunity to walk through those hallways. I bind the spirit of fear. I break the cycles off of your life. I bind COVID out of your family in the name of Jesus. I'll break the power of the enemy's attack over your family today. They got to see something different. We get so accustomed to living in our little bubble, our little cocoon where in nobody's world, just my world. My world is the only world that exists. And I'm telling you, there's people that are lame at the gate called beautiful. There are people that are staggering and stumbling and don't have no forward progress. And you walking by them every single day and you got the answer. you got the power. you got the glory. And you got the ability to lay hands on them. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> All right. I told you Matthew before I'm going to quit. Just don't amen me no more and I won't get so excited, all right? Oh, here we go, here we go. if If you're going to win the war, in your mind, you're going to have to learn how to talk back. Now, when I was growing up, my mom and dad had this thing that if you talk back, It's like you lose all your baby teeth. <laughs> I don't know what it was like, why you guys popped me in my mouth? That's what spoke it. That's where it's coming from. I know, I know, I'm sorry. In today's society, y'all go get in the corner. Time out. Y'all just stand there in the corner. Stand there until you can get it right. In my day, you get whooped. We didn't even have spankings. We had whoopings. <laughs> and I was one of those like, like, like. okay, I'm going to get whooping. I'm, I'm like, I'm, like, I'm going to be as still as I can because the more I run around, the worse I get hit. <laughs> <laughs> huh? Because I don't know what, my mom was left-handed. She's left-handed. She played softball growing up. I remember her out on the softball field. She's she, she left-handed. I thought, well, she she'd she be pretty accurate. You start running around, you get a switch across the back. Get it under your armpit. Get it by your, your calf. I know, I know I'm freaking some of y'all out because y'all don't spank your kids. And that's part of the problem with society today. Because you're going against the word of God. I hope you know that. You're going against the word of God. The Bible says train up a child in the way they should go when they won't depart from it. The Bible says foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child, but a rod will drive it far from them. That's in your Bible. That's in your Bible. But I know we don't want, we don't want scriptures like that because we know more than God. My mom and daddy, they had this thing about talk back. You don't talk back. You don't. Talk back. You don't talk. There's no talking back in the Pelham household growing up. Craig and Chad had a hard lesson to learn. <laughs> just, uh, like, take it from me, guys. This is how you do it. Don't say nothing. <laughs> and Craig was worse because he couldn't just stand there and take a whooping. He got to run all over the house. <laughs> Fall down, roll around like he's on fire. Right. And screaming. Back, if you scream like that in today's side, you're going to get police up there. You're going to get 911 coming. They're coming. Back in those days, it's like you hear a child screaming. Oh, they're getting it. They're getting it right there. They're getting a whooping right there. They're getting what they deserve. They did something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so the mood in your mind. I said all that. That that was in a negative thing. And we were taught not to talk back. But in the realm of the spirit, when the enemy starts pushing in on you, if you don't learn to talk back, your mind will only reflect. Your mind will only operate to the degree of what you have learned. The mood of your mind will be reflected of who you let somebody or whatever, the demons, say the last word. That's going to set the mood in your mind. So I said all that to say this, and we're going to quit. When the devil engages you, you better learn how to talk back. Look with me in Matthew 4. We're going to close right here. Matthew 4, Jesus was led up. Into the wilderness, this is going to go against some of y'all's crazy theology, but he was led into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil by the Spirit of God. God led him into a place of temptation. Some of the things you're going through, it's because God led you there. Because we want to find out what's inside of you. And verse number 3 says, And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones... To become bread. Jesus had a talk back in him. Verse number four, he said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out from the mouth of God. Push on somebody and tell them you got to talk back. Look with me in verse number look with me in verse number six. And, and, this, and, and he said to him, the devil, he said, If you are the Son of God. Yourself down for it is written he will command his angels concerning you. I'm telling you, the devil knows scripture. He's been around a lot longer than we have. He knows the Bible. And and and, and on their hands they will bear you up so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus said, On the other hand, it is written. He had a talk back in him. You shall not put the Lord your God. To the test. He's just pushing back. Look with me in verse number eight. And again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and he showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. Now we're getting to the meat of this. Is why the devil is after him. He said, and and he said to him, All these things I will give to you if you'll just fall down and worship me. It's all about worship. Because whatever you worship, you serve. That's what it's all about. It's all about worship. And, and, and he said, and I'll give all these things to you if you just worship me. In Jesus, verse number 10, he said to him, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Had to talk back. Look with me in verse number 11. And the devil left. Could it be that the devil hasn't left? Because we don't have enough people talking back. Could it be we just letting the devil come in and run roughshod because we ain't got enough word in us to talk back? We, well, whatever it is, it is. That's just life. That's the way it rolls. That's the way it's going to be. No, you better get a talk back on the inside of you. And you better start saying back to the devil, it is written. You got to learn how to argue back. You got to argue back, not with your train of thought, not with your school of ideologies, not with your degree, not with your money, not with your possessions. You argue back with the word of God. And you break the power of the enemy. Amen. Come on, stand to your feet. We'll have to quit. We've got to quit. Come on, Pastor Porter. You guys, come on. Come on, look at somebody and say, I'm talk back. Talk back. You have to speak the word back. I know philosophy feels good, but it's not the truth. I'll tell you something. You can't philosophize with a devil that's been around as long as mankind actually longer than mankind. Jesus said I saw him. I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. He's been around since the dawn of time. He's been around forever. And he's working his schemes. He's working. He's working his tricks. He's working his stuff against the body of Christ. And we need a body to rise up and say, "Hey, I'm not just going to keep walking by these issues. I've got power to deal with Because the cycle breaker is among us. Amen. And I just believe all over this room, if I just I just I just need to quit. Because I, I can go on. I got some amazing points. I just need to quit because I feel like if we're not careful, the body of Christ stays defeated in a realm or an arena that God never designed us to live in. And I'm not saying this is, not, I'm not saying this is God. I'm just this. This is what I'm working on. Could it be that COVID can't go away because the church ain't right yet? Church ain't right yet. I mean, think about it. Remember, we thought we had a little reprieve from COVID, and then everybody went back to normal. That's the worst thing the church could ever do: is go back to normal. God didn't call us to be normal. It's just, then we go back to our routines in life as as if nothing ever happened. I'm telling you, God will allow us to go through whatever we need to go through until we reach back to him. And I just believe all over this building today. I don't believe I'm alone. I believe I'm speaking to myself. but I believe there are people in here today. I really believe this by the witness of the Holy Spirit. I believe you're in here today and you're, you're saying, you know what, I'm tired of the cycle. And I'm ready to have that breakthrough. I can't break through nobody else, help somebody else get their breakthrough until I get a breakthrough first. Every breakthrough begins in me first. And I just believe, I, I kind of ended on a down note here, just not like moving it forward. But I just feel the spirit of God is convicting people right here because there's more we can go further and we can do more amen so come on just every head bow just for a moment just begin to pray just begin to magnify the lord and just just with your own honesty while you're standing there and just pray and just say you know what preacher i got i got to break those cycles i got to break those things in my life and i'm ready to move i don't want to be stuck when i can be progressing i don't want to be lame when i can have some momentum i don't want to be caught in this trap of no Movement forward. And I'm ready. Oh, I'm ready. I'm ready to hear something different. I'm ready to hear something more. Come on, if that's you, just throw your hand up right where you are. We're just going to agree. I see hands going up. Thank you. I see hands going up all over the building. We're just going to agree together. In the name of Jesus, we're just going to agree. We're just going to agree. Hands are going up because we're going to break the cycles. We're going to break the reoccurring patterns. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. We're going to release a word. We're going to release a word of prayer over your life. And then what you need to go, you need to go home and you need to start another routine. You got to start saying, I'm going to start reading the word. I'm going to start renewing my mind. I'm going to take five, ten minutes out of my day and I'm going to pump it full of the gospel of Jesus Christ until my mind begins to think on a different dimension, until my mind begins to live at a different level. Come on, you're praying now. Come on, every hand lifted now. Every hand lifted and we're praying. We're praying, we're praying, we're praying, we're praying. We're We're coming against the strongholds. We're coming against the lying, deceiving spirits, the deceptive lies of the enemy that has held us, that has limited us, that has lied to us. In the name of Jesus, God, release the spirit of breakthrough. Release the spirit of breakthrough over people's lives today. May they stand tall, stand in the midst of hell and high water until the enemy's power is broken. Come on, I just, about 30 more seconds of a strong prayer. Come on, you don't have to live like that. You don't have to keep living like that. You don't have to be bound to that. You don't have to be servant to that. It is written. It is written. I can be free. I can move forward. I break it today. I break it today. In the name of Jesus. In the name. Come on. Ten more seconds of a prayer. Ten more seconds of a prayer. Let the anointing move. Let the anointing move. Let it flow. Break the curse. Break the trap. Break it today. Break the ideologies. Break it out of your mind. Break it off of your life. Lord, I renew. Lord, renew. Lord, renew me to a place. In the name of Jesus, come on, as long as I live. I
1: will Say, I will not be silent. I will not be silent. Come on, don't I let the enemy shut you up. We
0: We're not gonna be content just to live at a gate in our lameness. But we're walking out of this place today. We're getting up today. I'm getting up. Yeah. Coming out of my stagnation. That's right. Coming out of my lack of ability to move forward. In the name of Jesus. Here's the thing as we go this morning. The Bible says that that lame man looked at them expecting to receive something. That lame man looked at them wanting support for his condition. The anointing is not there to support your condition. The anointing is not to support your habit most people are content to be supported by their conditions. But the anointing comes to set you free. Comes to liberate you. Comes to break the ties that have bound you. I know one of the things that God has called this church, I was so really really impressed. with Melissa, I know she had some other people. I don't know who was all there. I thought, Lord, that's where the church ought to be. That's right. I remember one time reading in scriptures when John the Baptist was beheaded. Jesus said, there's no greater man born among women as great as John the Baptist. When he was beheaded, Jesus just turned around and went to the next city. And he just started healing everybody in the city. Yeah. Like, 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 you gonna mess with this? I'm gonna mess with that. Yeah, I remember several years back, year, many years ago, probably about ten or fifteen years ago, I had a good friend of mine pass away. Remember, a lot of you remember Pastor Paul Gadawa from Poland. I mean, he was close to me. We were like brothers, and he passed away just in Poland incredible, door, shaking the whole nation. I mean, this ain't just like some storefront church. This is a church that was shaking the nation of Poland. Pastor Tina's been there. Karen's been there. I mean, I, some other people that have been with us. With, with My wife and I, to missions trip, they've been with us over there, preaching over there. And he was just shaking the nation. When he died, I didn't have an answer. Like a John the Baptist. I don't know. But I remember I, I had I had a meeting the next day at the hospital. I went into that hospital, and I said, can I just start walking through the hospital praying for sick people? Can I just walk through the hospital? I asked the administrators, can I just go through there and just pray for sick people? Because I just want to put it back on the devil's camp. You're not going to keep pushing on our door, and we don't push back. You just just start, start releasing the glory. The church is not here to validate your mess. We're here to fix it. To release the power of God, Amen. Yeah. Come on, somebody shout. There's got to be more. To be more. Come on, somebody shout. There's got, There's got to be more. There's got to be more. There's got to be more. In the name of Jesus, I'm gonna pray for you. But as we release, our prayer teams are going to be here. I just want to. Maybe you need prayer for something. I don't want us to walk out the hours late. I don't want to hold you. Our prayer teams are going to be up here. We want to agree with you. If you got anything, your faith. Maybe you got a loved one that's fighting through COVID or whatever in the hospital. We just want to agree with you. I believe in the power of prayer. I believe in that. I believe in that. So our, our prayer teams will be up here. As everybody's being dismissed, if you want prayer for something, you can just come up here. We'll take a moment. We want to pray with you. We won't keep you. We just want to release something over your life. But I want to pray for you. Father, today I thank you for the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you today for this congregation. Thank you today for their people. Lord, I thank you today because, Lord, you love them, but Lord, they love you are committed to the things of God. So, Father, I just bless that you bless them. I pray that you bless them. Watch over them and keep them. Lord, I pray Psalms 91 over their life. No evil shall befall them. No sickness or disease shall come out to their dwelling. I speak over their life today. Command the blessing of God to work in and through them now. And Father, we thank you for that. And we give you praise. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody that